You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. Welcome to The Uprising. We are here with the first in our series of episodes about Upheaval Festival in Grand Rapids, Michigan. (laughs) You guys ready to get this ball rolling? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Never been to Michigan, so who knows what's (laughs) in store for us. Yeah. (laughs) We've got about a month as of this recording until that happens. And so, uh, yeah, get ready. Well, I will say that after the uh, artists we've currently talked to that are local to the area, they, they've got me excited about uh, about what we're in store for. Yep. When we started plotting out who we wanted to speak to for this series and, and who we could speak to for this series, uh, Alfonso Savilli of Heartsick really jumped towards the top of the list. They're not one of the bigger artists on the bill. There's some real international like heavyweights on here. But what they do have going for them is a really deep connection to this particular festival and a very intimate knowledge of not only their own rock scene from Lansing, but really the whole state. Like Alfonso has and Hartsick have been around and they know people and they go hard for the people in their state, in their region. Yeah, as somebody that's not, again, from Michigan or ever been there, I had no idea there was even two parts of the state. It's like <laughs> there's a there's a, a meme that it reminds me of, like, you know, uh, um, everybody thinks that Chicago is like the only city in Illinois. It's just <laughs> yeah. Illinois and then Chicago. And I feel like that is kind of the same for Michigan. It's just Detroit and then the rest of Michigan. But yep. <laughs> as we come to learn, there's a lot more. That is very true. So Heartsick has the very special honor of being to my understanding, the only artist who has been a part of Upheaval in some capacity every year, including 2020, when it was supposed to debut and ended up getting canceled. They were on that lineup as well. Now, this year, they will not be on the direct lineup, but what they are doing is playing the after show on Friday, July 14th, opening for Gwar at the intersection in Grand Rapids. So they're taking a slightly different role this year, but still a major part of the festival. And he goes into kind of explaining that, which I truly appreciated. And, you know, it made sense after hearing it from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Heartsick has a lot going on. They're going to be a big part of the festival this year. They've got other shows lined up. We recommend checking out heartsick.us. And uh, as you'll hear in this conversation, some new music might be on the way as well. And that's quite exciting. This is a live show that has built up quite a reputation. Yes. The one thing that I enjoyed with this conversation with Alfonso is just his overall knowledge of upheaval. I I don't think that we're going to come across an artist that that has the knowledge that he does. And this conversation shows that. One of my favorite parts about the conversation with Alfonso is just his kind of explanation about the kind of the degradation behind calling a band a local band and just how it's almost belittling using that term local. Yeah. Uh, it really helped open my eyes because, you know, I, I never thought of that, to be honest, you know, as somebody that has treated local bands like local bands and not thought of them as anything more, you know, that's, it's really uh, eye opening to kind of start thinking of it differently and, and kind of uh, different terms as, as, as to how we're used to thinking about it. And the fact that, that he wants everyone that's attending upheaval to check out some local bands. Yeah. He was all about the, the uh, <laughs> local stage. So check that out. If you get a chance, it's going to be lots of fun. 
I think one thing you can say for Alfonso is he's passionate about the artists and the people that he works with. And uh, I think he, he makes some great points in here about how the the size of the stage doesn't necessarily equate to the greatness of the artist on it. You can find some real gems if you're looking in the right places. We definitely chose the right ambassador for Michigan to start this mm-hmm. off with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. So without any further ado, here's our conversation with Alfonso Civilli of Heartsick. We're here with Alfonso Civilli of Heartsick. And uh, we had to get ourselves a subject matter expert for the Upheaval Festival. And when we were looking <laughs> through the bands on this bill, he stood out. And so thanks for joining us, Alfonso. We appreciate having you. Yeah, of course, man. I'm all about it. I'm all for it. All to, to talk. Well, unbeknownst to you, you've actually been on our radar um, before this Upheaval Project. We have one degree of separation with Taylor Roberts of Riding with Killers and Taproot and also Eva Under Fire. We've had them on the show. Very cool. Yeah, all friends. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. So just what's your uh, relationship with kind of the Michigan scene? So I know Eva Under Fire for I've known them for a very long time. Our bands have played together for many, many years even played together when we had a different name. We used to be called No Life. It would spell K-N-O-W-L-Y-F-E. Mm-hmm. And we used to play with Eva Under Fire all the time. We'd get them shows with us and bring them out. So we know that camp very well, just from the local scene. And then Taylor, I know Taylor because he was in another band before he was in Writing With Killers and started with Writing With Killers, uh, a band. I think they were from like Tennessee or something. Okay. And we would play with them from time to time. But I never like really met him, but I, I like, we knew the band and he knew who we were. But then I ended up meeting Taylor because my writing partner and one of my really good friends who's in a band that's playing Upheaval, the band's name is Of Virtue. He and I work on music together. Uh, we write heart sick songs together with the band and everything. So he helps kind of like produce here and there songs and ideas that we have to make them come more to life. So he joined Writing With Killers as a... Uh, hired gun and his name is Damon Tate and he's again he's an of virtue um, and they're playing upheaval and then I met Taylor because of Damon but also because the drummer at the time for writing with killers his name is Dave Coughlin Dave was also the drummer of Taproot we've known Taproot for a really long time from just playing shows together so it's kind of like the music scene in Michigan is especially like the heavy music rock scene is super incestuous like Outside of Detroit, we don't really play Detroit too often, but when bands from Detroit migrate to like Grand Rapids, Lansing, Flint, that's where you kind of start getting that incestuous relationship with like the bands on the like West's middle of the state. Detroit's kind of its own thing, but that's how I know all those guys. Nice. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be seeing you October 1st at that show at the machine shop. Be attending that one. Yeah. Yeah. With Tepri. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll be road tripping up from St. Louis to, to, to up there twice. <laughs> yeah, come on up. Yeah, and we're making Michigan one of our one of our second homes. Come on up. Yeah. So, what's that like with you know, kind of playing with all these bands that you've been typically playing with, like you said, around the scene for years? What's that like to play a huge festival with these bands? You know, share the same stage as, as like other giants of of the rock industry as well. 
Dude, I mean, it's it's really it's hard to put into words because when we started this band, the core of the band is myself, our bass player Waylon, and our guitar player Jared. Um, we have been in this in, in a band together in this band since we were all 18 and 19 since the year 2000 the band again had a different name it was called no life bunch of stuff happened we ended up changing the name about eight years ago to Heartsick. our drummer jake was a drummer that would fill in for us and then joined no life right after our drummer passed away then we changed the name to Heartsick. when we started this band in college you know, all of us just wanted to, and it sounds super cliche, but we just wanted to play songs and just jam and play heavy music like house parties in college when we were at Michigan State. And I would have never in my life ever guessed where the band would end up, where it's going and who we've played with and who we've been able to hang out with to, I, I just, it's it's hard to put into words because it's not something that we like, had as a goal like i think some bands and some people do have this goal of like oh yeah like you know i'm gonna be opening up for like you know breaking benjamin or that's how big you know papa roach or whatever that's how big we want to be we want to play those big shows we were all just a bunch of college idiot kids that just wanted to get drunk and play heavy music and like <laughs> people's basements like we didn't give a fuck like we grew up with like a hardcore mentality that's what we knew and that's what we wanted to do we didn't really have a plan it's only when the band started at that time we were getting shows through other bands because you know the internet and i'm dating myself here but the internet wasn't what it is today you know what i'm saying sure so to be able to play with like the bands that we've played out of people disturbed uh corn chevelle like it's it's mind-blowing to us because it's not something we ever even had in our sphere of thought we just again we just wanted to to play heavy music in basements and we were like oh you could do this like outside of a college setting cool let's go do that <laughs> you know um of course we we had our have our influences and people we looked up to but at the end of the day um it's it's still very surreal to be able to play shows with those bands and be considered among them i think that's the biggest crazy part where it's like festivals now and shows now consider us to be part of that sphere where they're treating us more like those bands than like some local schmoko band. They're like, here's fucking pizza, get fucked, you know, like that's not like that anymore for us, which is which is cool. Um, but it's also really surreal to be able to like be friends with some of these bands and like you sort of idolize these people and then you like have conversations with them and <laughs> you build relationships with them that, that aren't superficial. And it's just like, wow. So yeah, man, it's, it's pretty crazy, especially within the upheaval setting because we've been in the upheaval setting sincerely before it even started. Mm -hmm. So that's the crazy. Right. Right. I was going to say for one, we can relate to that. The idea of like, it's so fascinating. Like, Yes. To be able to build relationships with these with artists and whatnot that are beyond surface level. And second of all, yeah, you guys, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if the festival has been around longer than this, because I'm interested in hearing kind of the origin story of it for you. But to my understanding, as best I could tell in research, you guys are actually the only band that has been associated with upheaval in every version every year, including the 2021. Yes. Um, which I'm assuming didn't happen because July 2020 nope. seemed a little bit busy. <laughs> Uh, or, yeah, or yeah, not, yeah, that was, that was there's some stuff happen. going on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep 
<laughs> some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it started in 2020. I would say how it started was interesting because I got a phone call from my cousin. So my cousin lives in Grand Rapids and he hit me up and he's like, hey, my buddy knows a guy who's throwing a festival and they need some bands. Can I give so-and-so your number so he can call you and make sure that you guys would be down and then he'll give your phone number to the guy that's doing the festival. Now, hmm. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, bro. Like, <laughs> no big deal, sure. In my head, I was like, all right, whatever. Probably somebody's, you know, backyard or some bullshit. Like, I didn't, I didn't really, I, I didn't have any sort of expectation. So he gives his, my number to his buddy. I'd met his buddy before. His name is Edward. And he calls me and he's like, hey, man, my buddy's throwing this festival and they need some bands. And you guys were the first one I thought about because I've seen you so much and I really love the band. Can I give him your number or your email? And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. Here you go. He's like, all right, I'll have him hit you up. I forgot about it. And I was like, all right, some guys, you know, like apartment complex or some shit. Like, right. I just, again, like my expectations of this are so ridiculously low. <laughs> because I just, we just love doing it for fun. So we don't expect these really big things to happen. So a few weeks go by and I get this email and he's like, Hey man, Ed told me that you guys were down to play the show. It's good to talk to you again. And I was like, Oh cool, whatever. But I didn't really like, his name is Chris and I didn't really like put two and two together. And I was like, yeah, sure. We're done, man. No problem. Just tell me when, when you want us to announce and we'll do it. He's like, okay, cool. I'll get you more info as it goes. All right. Kind of left it at that. And a few months go by, I didn't hear anything. And then I hear like, oh, hey, we, we're almost done building the festival and then we'll get you all the information. I'm like, sure, okay, whatever. And this was in like 2019 that they were announcing it for 2020, right? So then I'm at work one day when I was still working in an office and I'm like on my phone scrolling and I see this flyer and it says... Upheaval Festival 2020 featuring like Disturbed, blah, 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 and Heartsick. And I was like, and I literally scratched my eyes. I was like, <laughs> what? And I didn't even know. <laughs> so I go check my email. And sure enough, they're like, hey, we're so sorry. We didn't get in touch with you sooner. We've been really busy. Here's the flyer you can announce. And I was like, oh, this is like a festival festival. This is like a real like festival. <laughs> a real thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everybody in my band starts calling me. How the fuck did we get on this? This is fucking crazy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I have no idea. I thought it was just some house show. Like, I don't fucking know. Like, this is crazy. This is amazing. You know, so that's how we found out we were on the festival. And of course, COVID hits. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, happens. And move to 2021. So in 2021, they were like, you're on the bill because we didn't have it in 2020. So we still want you to do it. And we said, okay, cool. So we went and we did the damn thing and it was awesome and it was fun. So when the festival in 2021 finished, we were getting our payout or whatever and turning in our tickets. And I was just chokingly said, yeah, we should do it again next year and you should put us on main stage. I'm pretty sure we proved that we have a fan base. Yeah. We sold like 200 tickets or some crazy shit. Yeah. And Chris, I know him. Uh, it's kind of, we just kind of laughed it off and it was kind of that. And, uh, and he's like, don't worry, you guys will play next year. We want you back. We know you guys do well. So you've done great for us in other festivals. So, We'll get you back. We'll do it again. I said, okay, cool. I didn't think anything of it. 
So he's like, hit me up in October. So I hit him up in October. He's like, yeah, you guys are in. Cool. No problem. And, you know, same thing. Didn't really think much of anything. <laughs> and then they announced the bill and they're like main stage, heart sick. And again, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, we're sorry. <laughs> we didn't tell you sooner, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I get a phone call from my band members again. How the fuck did we get on the main? I was like, I have no fucking idea. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I made a joke about it. I wasn't being serious. So like we ended up playing it again and we opened main stage. But main stage when we went on was like pretty much like 10 or 15 minutes after main like the gates open and there was mm-hmm. already like for us there was already like over a thousand people easy and we just did what we do man we we just play the set that we play and and we play with heart and passion and and genuine feelings and people really dug it and they just pretty much just kept harassing the festival and being like, these guys have to come back. These guys have to come back, blah, 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 blah. So when we're doing our payout again, Chris is like, I don't know how we're going to do it, bro, but we have to have you back next year in some capacity because people just won't shut the fuck up about you. And I'll like, oh, that's so bad. That's so terrible. Oh, you know? So like, I was like, yeah, man, we'll do it. Whatever you want. No big deal. Um, So, Usually when you're in the booking game and you're buying talent, you really don't want to do the same festival over and over again in the same mm. capacity when you're when you're booking bands. So I knew for a fact, just from my own booking experience, that we weren't going to be on the festival because that just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be exciting. It'd be exciting for the people that watched us and came mid our set. But for everyone else, like, oh, well, they've already played it three times. Like, you need to give other people chances. So they were like, no, we want you to be a part of it, but to do the after party, we'll let you know. And they just kind of like kept in touch. And they're like, yeah, we got Guar for the after party. You guys down? And we're like, fuck yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much how I worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be our our next question. And what's funny, you mentioned that. Um, So we're a St. Louis based show. I currently live in Chicago. Uh, The big Mm -hmm. rock festival in Chicago is Riot Fest. Oh yeah. Huge. And Guar is a mainstay at Riot Fest. Like this year, they're not booked. And people, it was one of the biggest things noted in the comments is like, where is Gwar? Because they're so used to them being there. And so I think it's yep. funny that they are kind of doing the same thing that you are in a sense, you know, with their respective festival. And then you guys end up on this bill together as yeah, the after yeah. show bands. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's our history with Gwar is interesting too, because it's not the first time we play with Gwar. We ended up, playing with Guar in Pennsylvania years ago because a manager that we had knew their booking agent and he just kind of threw us a bone and put us on the show during a little tour run that we had. So we played with them before. So we're really stoked because, I mean, you know, most of us are all are in our late 30s, early 40s. So, you know, we've, we grew up with Guar. So that's always fun. And it's in our home state in a venue that we play somewhat frequently in a market that we do really well in. So it's like, it just works out really well. Awesome. Yeah. We were going to ask you if you'd ever performed with anybody that has that level of zaniness as war, but uh, I guess you technically have, if you've performed with them before. Yeah. 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 Their show is crazy, man. I, you know, I, I watch them from afar. I am, I don't want to get all the crazy weird juices on me <laughs> to mess up my clothes and shit. I'm just, I don't like, so I don't really do well with like, okay. So uh, I'm from Miami, Florida. I absolutely love going to the beach and I will argue to the day that I die that lake 
fronts are not beaches. Beaches <laughs> are fucking salt water, okay? Okay. And we will have this argument. I will die on this hill, okay? Aaron's already like, okay. I live right next to Lake Michigan, wrong, so I'm like, like oh, this is the best I can you're do. You're wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. Everyone in Michigan argues with me. I'm like, dude, I don't care, bro. You're wrong. Fuck you. I'm right. Beach salt sharks, okay? But no, yeah, like, so. The things I don't want in my water. <laughs> love, <laughs> love the beach hate sand i fucking hate sand anywhere on my body i cannot stand it i hate it so much in fact that i took my son with me and my wife to miami to visit my dad so he can see his grandfather for a week and we went to the beach and this little dude comes running to me like ah, with sand i'm like get away from me and i straight up stiff armed him like, I'm like <laughs> do not put sand on me Everyone's staring at me. I just stiff armed a one year old. Hate sand. <laughs> I so I don't like any weird like fluid or like anything mm. on my body. I just feel really weird about it, especially if it's sticky. So when Guard does their whole thing, I'm like, nah, bro, we're good. And I just go to like to the side and I'm like, yeah, I'm out from the corner, you know. <laughs> well, I'm sure, especially if you're opening for them too, you probably already, you know, gross in your own way from being out on stage. Because I've seen your your yeah. your live set, man, and and you are very interactive. You're all over the place. Very reminiscent almost of uh, of Jason Allen Butler from Fever 333, where you're always like in the crowd. You're always running around, always a part of, of everything going on. So I can only imagine after after that, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be, you know, have more crap thrown on me either. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But it's it's really just like, I don't know. It's like it's just like a personal weird thing. Like I, I but I don't mind jumping on people and people sweating on me. I do jujitsu like that. None of that shit bothers me. But you start throwing like sticky fluid on me or sand, I'm like, bro, get away from me. You know? Like, yeah. No, not my thing. But yeah, we we played with zany bands like like that before Guar. Uh, we've opened for Mushroom Head a few times and they have the whole sort of like costume thing going on. Um, so yeah, no, like as a musician and as a fan of heavy music, I like everything. I grew up listening to a lot of hardcore bands, Sick of It All, H2O, Madball, Strife, Snapcase. I come from that background, but then, you know, while I was discovering metal and discovering those bands, I started discovering Corn, Limp Bizkit, Deftones. Mm -hmm you know, Disturbed, Godsmack, like all those bands. And though they played a real big influence in my life too. So we'll play with any band. And I'm always just always like, this is super cool. Playing with crazy bands like that is always really fun because it also gives me a different perspective on what entertainment can be. Like you said, like, I, I'm glad that you said Jason Allen Butler. I love, I loved Let Live. I think Fever 333 is dope as shit. I think that guy's a psychopath on stage and it's awesome and it's amazing. <laughs> it's and amazing. I'm very influenced by that. I'm very influenced by Chino from the Deftones and his stage presence when he was younger and he would crowd surf and do all that stuff. So that's my way of feeling the music and how I feel it translates. But seeing bands like Mudvayne, you know, uh, Slipknot, Mushroom Head, Guar, Sleep Token, how they're able to entertain in their own ways too is interesting you know yeah yeah, yeah you have a you have a lot more faith in people than i do with uh, with all your crowd surfing uh as <laughs> as as, as, a, as a heavy set guy and and uh, somebody who's seen way too many people face plant in front of me in the asphalt uh <laughs> yeah I, I i have never crowd surfed and i can't say that i've honestly wanted to so um kudos to you for, <laughs> for having that kind of faith especially while you're singing too that was that was impressive 
the one thing I do want to say is that I know that you guys play a lot of festivals. And so I just wanted to ask, like, what exactly while playing all these festivals, like what makes upheaval special for Heartsick? It's our home base, man. Um, so it's a few things. One, it's our home base, uh, Michigan. We love Michigan. We're proud to be from Michigan. We're proud to be from Lansing specifically. There's a lot of bands that are from Michigan and they're like, we're from Detroit. And we're like, no, you're not. But okay, you know, because like it's it's cool and acceptable to be from Detroit, but nobody wants to be from like some podunk dumbass little town in Michigan. But we're we're very proud to be from Lansing, the capital city. But it's also the people that run it. Um, we've had relationships with them for a very long time. They're people that have given us a chance when nobody else would and booking mm-hmm. us at bigger festivals and events that they had. They all work really hard to put on the events that they do in Michigan. And they've given us a space to grow when no one else would at the capacity that they're able to do that. And we take that very personally and we take that very to heart because we don't forget where we came from and the people that really gave us a start. When we started, there were, like I said, you couldn't just hop on the internet easily and find a venue or whatever or you know, get on the internet and get an email address to try and get on a show like that wasn't the case. Like you really had to really prove yourself by playing shows and, and things. And the people that throw upheaval, Chris, Kevin, Jen, like, you know, everyone there, all of them have always stood behind us and believed in us when we were just a baby band and, and threw us a bone when they could. And they put us on the festivals that they did, you know, common ground. They let us play that. Like they, let us come to the shows that they throw for free. Like they're just really good people and and they want to do something great in the state. So it makes it really personal for us because it's our hometown. And at the end of the day, it's a way to show the bands that are underground from our, I hate saying local because local is such a diminishing word for, for bands. When, when we, (laughs) when we use, yeah. Like when we use the word local, it's almost like you're vilifying a band and saying that they're just not good enough yet. And that's not true at all. Right. It's this, it carries this connotation of less than, and and I don't think any band is less than, I think that local bands, if not are greater than because a lot of venues depend on local bands to sell tickets, to come to see artists that they need. So to me, the word local band should stand on a higher platform but unfortunately culturally societally we use it in a way to diminish artists because they're not national Mm -hmm. bands or whatever yeah and for us it's important to influence our friends and younger bands and friends that are coming up that want to be in a band to say you can do this it's not easy it's not you're not just gonna like wake up one morning playing something like this but if we were able to get up here and do this from where we started you can too and we want you to know that you can and that's why we're going to keep doing it because you know for us not just myself but i know i speak for my band members the local scene in michigan and especially in lansing is very important to us and and we want younger bands to know that it's possible and to chase those dreams so I'm really glad that you mentioned that exactly 
what you just said about um, kind of the way that this festival gives chances to to bands from the area to which it is you know occurring in. Something that um, actually was just announced recently before we set up this interview that I thought was really cool is that Upheaval does have at this festival a what's called the loud and local stage. Yeah, yeah. They just started that. Yeah, that I'm I'm sure you're familiar with a number of those artists. But not only that, they weave in throughout the main stage artists from all over different parts of Michigan as well. It's not just a, you know, you're you're a Michiganer, you're you're quote local, you're on this stage. It's everywhere. Because mm-hmm. you've got we've got you guys. There's uh Black Note Graffiti is from Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. We came as Romans is from Troy. Mm-hmm. We've got some Detroit bands, like you mentioned. So they're really kind of covering the whole state at different placements within the lineup. And I think that is a really cool and it has to be a really unique thing for a festival of this size that's out here getting, you know, bring me the horizon and falling in reverse to also do that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. So it's, it's not surprising to me that that's happening because we have so many talented bands in Michigan we have so many talented bands in the state in general. Like you said about Under Fire, uh, we've got We Came as Romans, we've got Icy Stars, we've got, uh, I mean, better for better or worse, Kid Rock, Bob Seeger. <laughs> yeah. I hate having to say that, but I mean, you got to give credit when credit is due, I suppose, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Michigan is a state that has a lot of talent. And and let's be honest, I mean, there's been literally songs written about Detroit Rock City, right? Yeah. So it, it only made, I mean, Black Dahlia Murder, you know? Uh, that's, you know, another, you know, perma- uh, Permonitions of War, Walls of Jericho, you know, all Michigan-based bands. Um Sleeping with Sirens lives here in Michigan. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, little known fact, Grand Rapids, actually. Uh, La Dispute, uh, Bitter Truth. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of how many incredibly talented musicians and bands in the heavy rock and roll realm there is. So it's awesome to finally see a festival that revolves around that too and understands that there's a lot of talent to pull from its own resources mm-hmm. that is big that has a name for itself we came as romans is a pretty decent sized band man like i mean yeah those guys are playing thousand cat rooms on their own you know it's not like you know they're not just some local schmoko band you know like Again, Eva Under Fire. I mean, they're on the radio all the time here. And they're they're like they're growing and growing and, and the band is doing bigger and bigger things. I mean, Jesus Christ, they were just on tour with like Breaking Benjamin or some crazy shit. You know? <laughs> so it's like in in those aspects, we have so many big bands from this area to be using them in the way that they're using them now. It just makes total sense. You know what I'm saying? It's like you could literally upheaval could literally book kid rock sadly and i really don't like that guy <laughs> yeah we're, we're okay that they, we're, we're okay, okay that we're they okay didn't. with yeah, yeah. We're, we're okay that they didn't it's, it's yeah. good <laughs> yeah but i mean but you see what i'm saying right like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's one of those things where it's like it would make sense because kid rock is huge so you would have a headliner from michigan so it's mm-hmm. like 
it's it's about time somebody did this and i'm glad that they're doing it in the right way too you're seeing a lot of growth in that festival they've done it three years now and they've wanted to keep doing it which tells me that they've figured out a formula that works for them and that is able to not only be if anything else a financial win as well as a business win for the state of michigan as well yeah <laughs> so um you recently had some interactions with uh dave Grohl and, and deftones oh my god yeah, yeah. I, mean, dude, <laughs> I, I can't even believe like it's so funny because like <laughs> i i keep getting phone calls about this and and from like my friends but it's <laughs> like it's the most ridiculous like happenstance thing that happened like so I work freelance work for a company from here called Puck Hot. Yep. They're a mom and pop owned hockey themed apparel company that deals in rock and metal. And that's like their thing. And they have collaboration. I mean, again, like this place is in Detroit. It's a small pop and mom and pop store owned by two very humble, nice, literally they still work day job people and they're making deals with like Metallica and Gojira and like huge bands. And so I've known them for a really long time. We're the only underground unsigned band that has a collaboration with them. Super great people. And so because I do freelance work for them and some video stuff from time to time, but then model for the, the clothing line when you do collaborations, I had modeled the no, Nothing More collaboration that they just released. Also turns out I know the guys from Nothing More very well because of how we came up and we've known Nothing More like for years before. We knew Nothing More before Johnny was the singer. He was actually the drummer and they were like a funk band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so we've known them for a really long time. And what ended up happening was we did this photo shoot for nothing more. We were announcing the clothing line and they wanted to have a few items signed by the band so that they could then auction them off and, you know, do their thing. And the band said, sure. Yeah. So let's, we're going to be at Sonic Temple Festival. So come out there and their marketing guy is our manager. And he's like, Hey, if I get you some passes, media passes, will you come with me and help me bring all this stuff to give to nothing more and have them sign it and take some video? And I said, yeah, sure. No problem. So we were expecting to get there and just have like media passes. And that was it. And we're going to watch, you know, the bands like everybody else, like, like, like every other normal schlep who buys tickets, you know, but we we're just going to have media passes, nothing crazy. Well, we get there and we know some of the people at Danny Worman presents from the competitions that they've had. We've played a lot of their big festivals. So we've become friends with some of them. Just happened to run into one of our friends because we got there early in the morning. Nothing more than that. just taking forever because they're doing a bunch of promo and, and podcasts or whatever else they're doing in media. So they finally come, but they came with the guy that we know from Danny Worman presents. And they're like, oh, well, we're out of media passes. So here's some artist passes. And we were like, what? <laughs> so we we're like okay so we take these passes and you know jake who's our connection there uh, danny Wimmer, he's like you guys are an idiot it's just you know be mindful if you have these and he's like sure so we're like oh well we get catering so we went and we got some catering we just kind of hung out and but we realized that nothing more is 
dressing rooms are in the same area that Deftones dressing rooms were. So I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Not a big deal at all. Not like it's my favorite band in the whole world ever. <laughs> and I only know how to play Deftones songs. Sure, this is not a big deal whatsoever. I'm feeling fine about this. I'm normal. I'm not a fan, bro. Inside, I was dying. And so I was like, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I kept trying to figure out ways to like get in through the gate where, where, they, where they were, you know, because nothing Morris Camp was like, well, it's probably not a good idea to hang out here now. Like, the fuck it isn't. <laughs> so, so I started making friends with the security guard uh, and we kind of became friends so they kind of let us in so then like I start seeing the guys from the Deftones and I'm just like oh shit okay cool and I kind of we kind of know Stefan Stefan from Deftones knows us and likes the band so got some pictures with him and I met Frank at like the catering so we knew I just didn't know Abe and I got to meet Abe which was really cool but like I'm not somebody that likes to bother like people in any capacity especially like people that are famous or have some sort of fame and whatever so i didn't really want to approach chino but at the same time i kept hovering around him like a sad puppy (laughs) i I kept seeing him talk to people and i was like have you ever seen like those pigeons that are like i don't want food and they just get closer and they're like no no i don't want food i was that i was that pigeon a hundred percent i don't want to talk to chino Hey, what's up? But, uh, no, no, I don't know. We're good. We're good. And I finally got to talk to him. That's how I got a picture with him. Now, the Foo Fighters is a complete, like, by chance. It was just, we were literally put, coming back from watching Filter. And they're like, you got to just walk in because the bus is blocking the entrance for your golf cart. And we're like, okay. And I literally walk right into Josh Freeze. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, this is Josh Freeze. I was like, dude, I hate to be that guy, but can I get a photo? We got a picture of him. Dave Grohl was, we just happened to be walking back to where we needed to walk to to get things signed by nothing more. And Dave Grohl was there. And he is like the nicest fucking dude in the world. That guy is like such a saint, man. Like, I don't even know how to put it into words, but the dude is the nicest person was super all about taking photos. So yeah, it was it was just a crazy experience. Completely crazy experience. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds like you had a, a good time. And oh yeah. Most people say uh don't meet your heroes, but I, I almost say that everybody I have met in the rock industry has been it's just amazing. And it's just led to another surreal experience after surreal experience. And, and so I, I we're all right there with you. I, I know exactly what you're going through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it was crazy, man. Like it, that day didn't feel real at all, at all. <laughs> well, and speaking of Deftones, you have a cover show coming up that was just announced. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we end up doing this thing that I kind of invested myself into an idea that I had uh, that was kind of born out of an idea that a buddy of ours has. He has a podcast named Really Speaking. His name is John and John. A very long time ago, wanted to do the show. He used to book shows in Grand Rapids and wanted to book a show where all the bands played a different era of a band's like discography. So he asked us to play his show, and it ended up being a Deftones show because we loved the Deftones. And we said, okay, cool, we'll do it. And that kind of gave me the idea of doing a show themed 
somewhat in the same vein, but we call it a night under covers. And what ends up happening is every band picks one specific band to play a set of that band. So we've done Weezer, we've done Poison the Well, we've done Silver Chair, we've done Deftones, we've done System of a Down, and we get bands to just pick a band. So this year we're revisiting the Deftones because our drummer Jake never actually got to play a Deftones set with us, and we really want him. He's like a huge Deftones fan, like the rest of us. So we're doing Deftones, and then we got a band doing Audio Slave, we have a band doing Green Day, we have a band doing My Chemical Romance, and we have a band doing him. So this year's really, really cool. It's re- this year's really like eclectic, and I'm stoked on it. It always does really well every year. Last year, we did Bury Your Dead. We had uh, seven best covers. So yeah, it's, it's always really fun, man. It's, it's just a really cool show that we can be included in and include our friends, but it's not like a heartsick show. And it's for like people who just want to kind of live in those bands eras, you know? Yeah. Um, I had a quick question about one of your songs in particular. It's one of the uh, only holdover songs from No Life. Uh So Balloons, what about that? I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) What about that song is so particularly special for you guys? Um. It's special because it was the first song that actually gained us notoriety. Um, until that period, No Life, when we were No Life, was still trying to make a name for itself. And we were doing shows to where our friends' fans were letting us play, but we didn't really have a fan base. And what ends up happening is we released this song. We go record it with a band called 40 Below Summer that we were really big fans of. We were opening for bigger bands now. And Max, the singer of that band, produced the CD. And we ended up making that song and going to record it with Max. And when we put it out, for whatever reason, it just took off. It, it did well. And it's the song that everybody from that time period associated with us. And it just meant a lot to a lot of people And it was really special to us because it was written, you know, with our older drummer, who then the drummer after him, who ended up passing away, Matt, like really loved that song. So there was just a lot of nostalgia tied to it. And we thought it would be fun to kind of bring it back and redo it in a more heartsick kind of way. I I personally wanted to redo the song completely and make it like its own heartsick song that still had elements of that song. But the rest of the guys were like, fuck you, sit out. We're doing it the way we did. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. And Heartsick, you you guys blend so many things together, musically and culturally, mixing death metal and rap rock and seemingly an endless amount of influences. You have a very kind of outside the box approach with almost every song, but you always find a way to make it work. Uh, one of my favorite songs is a song you just released recently called Vice City. And the, and the reason for that is because when I was in college, we played the shit out of that game. Um, and 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 so the, this, and not, not only is the song just great, but like just the whole concept of the, of the song is, is fantastic. And so I was really kind of curious, like, are, do you guys have more new music coming out or is it like kind of a one off single or, or, or what's going on? Because I, I want to hear more of this Vice City. Oh, dude. So, yeah. So first and foremost, there's definitely a lot. Uh, we ended up 
so COVID hit, whatever, that, that whole thing happens. Everyone is like, well, I guess life sucks. So we're just going to sit in our homes all day long. We were like, screw that. We can't lose any momentum. So since 2020 till now, we have been doing things. So we did like three live streams during that year. We did like some private house shows. And then we've been in the studio the whole time. Actually, since 2020, we've recorded 24 songs. So what you've heard that's been released, it's like four songs out of 24. (laughs) So we have tons of new music. Tons. I mean, dude, like we're sitting on songs that we recorded two years ago that are completely done that we're going to be releasing at some point. It's just like we just have so much music and we're trying to pick the best songs to have the best impact but yeah like there's there's tons of new music we actually have two new songs coming out here soon in july we're going to be releasing our new single that single is called sadness it comes out july 10th and then we're doing a tour from that uh june 20th we're releasing our ep that has vice city on and a few other songs but also a new cover that we just did. We did uh, a cover of Dabbing Westward. Yeah. And we did, we, we covered the song Shame. Okay. So that's on the EP. So that'll be out. And then we also, like I said, we have another song that'll come out a few weeks down the line after Sadness with a video as well. And that song is called Eight Years. So we have a lot of things planned. Then we have another video after we have, so we already have three videos done. Uh, we have um, three new songs with videos like that we're working on. So yeah, we have tons of stuff, man. It's just a matter of like releasing it, really. Yeah, awesome. That was going to be my my next question was, you know, when you've got so much stuff that you've got completed, like if you're sitting on it for a while, I always wonder, like there's a come a point where you kind of get tired of this song. It's like, oh man, it feels from so long ago and like I'm on to the next thing right now. But it does sound like you have a plan in mind for uh, for at least some of it which I'm sure will alleviate a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, all of it will see the light of day. But yes, me yeah. personally, I'll listen to the songs. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to open the thing. But no, yeah, it's it's all going to come out. Um, It's just, you know, it's just the way the market is right now and how, mm-hmm. how things are. It's, you know, people still want records and still want EPs and stuff, but it's just you need to build them up more so mm-hmm. that's why we do more of the singles you know it's like it just it works better for everybody and it helps keep us relevant people like to see songs coming out consistently yep then rather having a record come out and then you don't see the band for four years you know we we don't have the luxury of deftones tool that you know you could put out a record and wait six years and everybody's like oh my God, oh my God. you know like if, yeah. we put out, <laughs> if we don't put out music for six years people are like who are you Exactly. Yeah, so right for some bands, yeah, so. when, when you're that established, yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder. But if if you're not yeah, on exactly. this massive level of those kind of bands, then absence just means that people move on. Yeah. And so exactly. <laughs> exactly. You hit the nail on the head. So yeah. yeah. So we're in a weird place when it comes to that. So yeah, it's you know it's we've been busy, we've kept busy, and that's essentially what we're trying to do. You know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. We're looking for we'll yeah, looking course, forward man. to those. We've been we've been binging a lot of Heartsick lately to yes. in, in preparation Good. for this. We always do our Good. research Binge and more. Yeah, I say the research also includes, you know, immersing yourself in the music and so it's a lot of fun. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking the time to just listen. Cause you know, like for me, I think like, I don't know, obviously I'm biased. I'm in the band, but I really do feel like, I think that we are a very different band. I feel like that we can stand on our own. I feel like mm-hmm. we're not the typical metalcore, new metal band where it's kind of following the same sort of trends. Like we've never followed the same trend ever. And we've always been the kind of band that does whatever we want to do musically and tries to stick to their guns in that aspect. Um, so I really appreciate that because I agree with you. I feel like we are a band that is different, that that doesn't write the same song over and over again. And that yeah. every song, you don't know what you're going to get. The song comes mm-hmm. out and you're like, oh, shit, what's it going to be now? <laughs> you <Yep>. know, like, <laughs> what kind of ADD are these guys on? <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, but that's that's what I love about you guys. You just you're so vast in your your musical experiences that that it it, it just uh, it shines through. So it's I like it. We're musicians, man. I think at the end of the day, dude, like you know, and, and metal really suffers a lot with this whole like elitism, like fuck me with metal and God, God, poor, ah. and they're all super pissed off about it. But it's that you can't grow like that as a musician you understand that like there's a world out there past where the music that you like is and you have to expose yourself to that so for me i love I, dude i'm i'm a full-blown metalhead i love them i love death metal i love black metal i love hardcore i love new metal i love metalcore i like name a band i probably heard them and i like one of their songs or two. <laughs> can i sit there and listen to like <laughs> 10 hours of death metal absolutely not no fucking right 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 <laughs> but i also but i also can't sit there and listen to like 15 hours of just straight hip-hop no it's like i'm just like okay i'm over this too so i have like many people do you know kind of music add so for me i always want to just be inspired and listen to different music and and i always think about so vice city for example like we'll take that song and how a song like that comes out from us but then the next the next song is a song like crown which is pretty much a dubstep song with really heavy guitars you know mm-hmm, but yeah. you know like you said college that game is <laughs> all the, the rage in college and i love that game and how could we make a song that had an 80s vibe and had some rapping in it kind of but still had this Deftones feel from this riff that I had. And that's what we came up with. But then I also like bass nectar and I also love electronic music and drum and bass. And so does our drummer and our bassist and our guitar player. We all love that stuff. So how do we, we come in the studio the next time and our producers like, so what are you guys listening to? And that's what comes up. It's just because that's just what we're vibing with at the moment, but it's all us, you know, for us, the only rule we have when it comes to writing in this band is it has to be heavy. We want it to be heavy. What does yeah. heavy mean is different for everybody. But for us, heavy means we want it to have some distorted guitar somewhere yeah. or some really big drum beat. And that's where, so we know that. And that's how our music, so we're not afraid to make a song anything that we want it to be because we know it's going to be heavy. We already have that in our heads. We're not worried about that. I mean, we definitely don't sit in the studio and go, oh, I don't know if our fans are going to like it. 
I, you know, for me, and this is going to probably sound really mean, but I am of the belief that people don't know what the fuck they want until you give it to them. So I'm not going to write a song that you like. Fuck you. You're, I'm going to write a song that I like, and you're going to fucking like it. And if you don't like it, there's a door. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. Go listen yeah. to some other bullshit that you like. I don't need you. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, do we, do we want to hit up our... Uh... Our final section that we're gonna we're gonna ask all of the people in the series here. Yeah, Let's do it. Yeah, we've got a section here. We're calling it "Burning Questions." Five questions that are gonna be the same for for each person that we speak with here, and we kind of we narrowed it down from a longer list to some really some stuff we really are excited to hear about. So, first first up at at the plate here, what is a song or an album that changed your life? Oh, easy, easy, silver chair. Freak Show. Freak Show. All right. That record changed my life. 100%. That that record, like, Silverchair was the first band I became super obsessed with. Like, I pierced my eyebrow because Daniel Johns had his eyebrow pierced, okay? (laughs) That's how influenced I was as a teenager by my shit. Nice. Nice. All right. What was your first festival experience like as an attendee? And also, what was your first one as a performer? So my first festival as an attendee, I was in high school and I went to, I'm dating myself here, back in my day, we went to Lollapalooza. (laughs) All right. Well, back in your day, it was good. Um, (laughs) I'm going to hate for just a second right now because Lollapalooza is in Chicago and it's been years since I saw a lineup that I wanted to go see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back Sorry. then, so it was Lollapalooza. <laughs> no, no, I feel you. I, I, I'm in agreement. Um, no, yeah. So Lollapalooza back then would travel around, and they came to Miami, Florida. It was my first festival experience ever, and that one was Screaming Trees, Metallica, Soundgarden, Rage Against the Machine, mm. Tricky, The Melvins, uh, The Ramones, and I was just like blown away. Of course, we were all like huge. Race Against the Machines fan. And of course, my fucking whack-ass dad. I love you, dad, but you were a bitch for this. Uh, came with us, and like, Rage Against the Machines starts playing, and we are like, me and my friends all go to Mosh, and my dad, like, straight up Homer Simpson to me as Bart, and just like, drags me out by my neck. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you think you're doing, but you're not going in there. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my first festival experience as an attendee. Um, as a band, the first festival we, first big festival we ever played, uh, I, I, I want to say it was Warp Tour. And that okay. was crazy because we got onto the Warp Tour, uh, because back then they were doing the Warp Tour and ball battle the bands. Yeah. And we ended up winning a competition that allowed us to play the festival on the Ernie Ball stage. And that was really wild. And we'd never, had something like that happen to us before so it was like a really really big deal and that turned into us winning the actual competition which turned into us flying out to like california and that's where we met nothing more because they won the competition too so yeah so that was my first experience on that awesome it, it all makes sense now why they can't keep you out of the pit even as a lead singer yeah <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> my dad wouldn't let me march. <laughs> So is there someone that you're most looking forward to hearing, meeting, or reuniting with at Upheaval? Um, so I am looking forward to seeing Suicide Silence. 
uh, we're like super good friends with some of those guys with Eddie. So I really want to see him and say what's up to him and, and hang out. Um, so I'd say that's probably one band. Um, then obviously Lamb of God, like that band is sick and I really, really want to see that band. Um, and I would say, oh, who else? There's Bring Me the Horizon. But yep. I think some of those bands are on Saturday and we're not going to be there Saturday because we're playing incarceration. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think I'm going to miss Bring Me the Horizon because I think they're on Saturday, which sucks because it'll be the second time that I miss them. <laughs> fucking festival setting <sighs> because the first fucking time they played we were playing uh we ended up playing uh aftershock festival in california we play aftershock we were the very first band on and apparently we blew the socks off of everybody so the festival asked us to take jelly roll spot because jelly roll canceled uh, but of course the spot that jelly roll had when we were playing the second time which by the way we're the only band to have ever played aftershock twice other than nothing more <laughs> I'm going to say that. That's important to say. That's pretty cool. But uh, yeah. yes. But so we're like, hell yeah, we're going to play second set. We're like telling everybody. And then we're like, oh, and they, they keep changing the time. They're like, oh, like five, and five, 20. We're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And they're like, yeah, you guys are going to go on at 6.15. And we look and bring me the horizons playing. We're like, God damn it. <laughs> so yeah, sure. You know, there's like a hundred people like, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> Bring me the horizons all the way back there, like back, 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 just tearing it up. And I'm like, God damn it, <laughs> missing them, and no one's watching it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, speaking of that, that leads actually really well into our next question. Aside from Heartsick, who's an upheaval artist no one should miss? I really think, and I, I, this is going to sound super cliche, but I'm not going to boil it down to one. I'm going to say people. And like I said, man, I'm really passionate about this, and I, I believe, I believe in in my heart of hearts. I think everybody should really not miss everyone on the local stage. I really think every okay. single person at that festival should go to that local stage and check out all those bands because those bands are really good. Assume Nothing is a great band. Catharsis Series is a great band. Tons of great bands on that local stage that deserve to be heard. And the reason why I say that is because. No offense, but Bring Me the Horizon isn't going to be affected if 30 people who saw them 17 times last year don't see them while right. one of the locals is playing. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. locals really, the locals really need that. And also, again, it's going to sound super cliche, but it's like the reason why you have the Bring Me the Horizon and Lamb of Gods and the Atreides and everything else is because they were an underground band of quote-unquote local band as well and people want to go see them so it's like go and watch those bands and so i don't think anybody should miss those bands because that's really where the real true underground holy shit talent is going to come from so i would say that would be rather than a band i'm going to say that's the stage you know uh, i love that answer thank you yeah thank you of course what do you love about performing live? Um, man, uh, I, you know, it is therapy for me. Um, I've I've been in therapy a good portion of my life. Um, but it's it's always another form of self-expression to be able to get out the things that you know ultimately have damaged us in life, and that I can tell stories through. 
um, and those experiences, despite the trauma, um, help bring some art to it, but also help sort of cleanse that that plate that I have inside me, that hole. So being on stage is like just therapy. And then the second thing I would say, the connection that we make with people, man, um, it really is important. You, it's easy to sit in our own world, in our own heads, and feel like we're alone. And we're, only, we're the only person experiencing the sadness or the pain or the depression or the things that affect us that aren't associated with happiness. I think it's easy for all of us to sit there and feel like, why me? But when you get up on stage and you play and you really put your heart into it, you really put your soul into it, and people see that and they really see your soul literally coming out of your body in those moments, in those feelings, and you can connect with that and you can then sit and go have a conversation, which I love to do after we play. I'm not the kind of person that gets off stage and just like fucks off and like doesn't talk. I, I go out and I meet people and I talk to people and I want to hear their stories yeah. because that's what really matters the most. You start to realize, man, I'm not the only one that's having some problems or experiencing some sort of pain or some trauma. And you can sit there and, and really relate to people and, and people can really relate to you and you can essentially make somebody's day better. And to me, that's, all I've ever really wanted to do with my life is just make people's day and make people happy. That's why I wanted to be a doctor. You know, that's before I ever started a band or wanted to be in a band. I went to Michigan State because I thought I was going to be a doctor. And I just wanted to help people. I just wanted to make people better. I didn't care if I was going to make money. I just wanted to make people better. And to me, music does that. And that, that to me is really important. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time and we, uh, we appreciate all that you do for Michigan and upheaval and looking forward to seeing you in the future. I appreciate that guys. You all be safe and take care. And uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be on here. Thank you for coming on the band. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much for listening to the itch. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, there might be lots of festivals out there with ruckus names, but there's only one upheaval. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about The Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.